Let me, we are looking at the have a go culture. And Rob's going to share a testimony about having a go. And it is it's brilliant. It's really great. Okay, so for those of you that know me, I don't like speaking in public. But, you know, you're all family, so you can all forgive me when I uh, mess up. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Rob. I've been a member of God Central now for about three and a half, four years. I can't remember. Uh, when I joined, we was at the Playhouse. Uh, we then went to Sydney World. Now I'm here in Pemberley. About a year and a half ago, the Benz asked me if uh, Ellen and I would like to be youth leaders. And I looked around the room, and there was one member of the youth. <coughs> and I thought, yeah, go on then. <laughs> Why not? I'll give it a go. Let's do it. As youth leaders, that's me. As youth leaders, we've got two goals. Mark, you're up. Thank you. <laughs> First goal, grow the numbers of youth in the church. Second goal, create a kingdom culture amongst the youth. So I'm supposed to be talking about having a go. I've also made my life quite difficult by talking about creating a kingdom culture amongst the youth. It's just how I do things. Let's talk about growing the youth first. Thank you, Mark. Simple truth is, when we were asked, there wasn't that many youth in the church, or in God's Central even. Now, that's not to say that there has never been any. It's just that the ones we had were no longer youth. They'd done some growing up, got older, moved on to university, no longer about. What's going on? <laughs> I'm going to have to compete. All right. Yeah, sorry. That <laughs> put me right off. There was no longer any youth except one person, so we needed to do something about that. Matthew 28, 18-20 clearly states, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. If there aren't enough youth in the church, then we're doing something wrong. That isn't being fulfilled. So we've got a duty as Christians to spread God's word and to expand God's kingdom. If there isn't enough youth, we're not doing that. So we had to think of a way to engage with the youth. Stick on the next slide, Mark. We come up with some conditions, I suppose, that we wanted to employ in each session. And that is, no, not that one. No. Go to the next one. Starting with a loud time for discussion. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I don't even know my own slides now. Right, so uh, when we started taking the youth out, we were doing um, the Youth Alpha series. And that was very similar, if you've done it, to the Adult Alpha series where you watch a DVD and you have a discussion, except the youth one stops midway through and it asks them questions. We all have a chat and we, you know, we try and get them engaged and thinking about what it is they're doing, what it is they're being told. So we've moved on from that now and we're doing like a debate style session and we debate relatively difficult subjects, but again, it's about getting them engaged. Uh, an example of is social media. 
and how that can affect your faith or your mental health and what we can do to guard ourselves if we see negative things on social media. Second one, talk to the youth like adults. Now, the Bens both know me. Um, to, I don't really sugarcoat things that well. I'm a bit blunt and, you know, I can be... So, I was quite keen on also doing that with the youth. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not shouting at them. But I, I want to be realistic with them, you know, and I, I want to tell them how it is. And I think they respond better. The youth want to be spoken to like adults. So I do that, and they respond better that way. And we're honest with them. You know, at this time in their life, they're really starting to ground themselves as adults. Some of the, uh, the older guys are starting to um, do exams. And it's, you know, we, we try and guide them through that as best we can. Now, last year, excuse me, hold on. <clears throat> last year, God Central took two people to New Day, along with Eleanor and I. I've said it before, New Day and the, uh, the solid camp, I believe it's called. They're both very, very important, in my opinion, to creating that kingdom culture. You know, it gives the youth an important place to express their faith amongst each other in the resistance-free environment. <clears throat> and it's, you know, it's just somewhere where they can build themselves in God, develop that relationship with Jesus. This year, we're looking to double that number. We want to take at least four, if not more, if we can do. The problem is, is I'm a big thinker, and <laughs> I want to go from two to a thousand people to New Day. I, I want it to be way beyond Eleanor and I, way beyond New Day. I want, to, you know, I want half of that campsite to belong to God Central. It's a work in progress. Eh? <laughs> so how do we get there? How do we get you know, that many youth wanting to come? During the week, they're at school. They're doing their own thing, college, whatever it is they're doing. At a weekend, they're finding ways to annoy their parents and generally not want to go to church. I, for one, I wasn't a Christian when I was that age. And I, for one, was way too busy playing GoldenEye or Mario Kart on my N64 to even contemplate going to church. So we've decided the way to get these guys into church and the way to get them engaged and talking to each other is to create a kingdom culture. <clears throat> now, the Bible references youth being used many times, okay, from Moses to Jesus himself, but I'm going to focus on uh, King David and the story of David and Goliath because that's a story about courage, about faith, overcoming the impossible, and having a go. In the natural world, Goliath was immense. He was a beast. He was big, brawly, gigantic. He wasn't scared of David. Why would he be? He's huge. David comes along, he's a little shepherd boy, he's good at music. You know, he's got a slingshot, he's quite tiny. He had a problem for Goliath. In the spiritual world, though, David was huge. Huge. So, you know, Goliath standing there looking like Drago from Rocky. <laughs> And David gets out his slingshot. He starts giving it all that. <clears throat> Bang, straight in the head. Goliath goes down. Now, <clears throat> that is because of uh, David's faith in God. That is because he had a go 
And it's because uh, God uses the young, the weak, to defeat the strong and the powerful. We want to create a whole bunch of King Davids. Yeah, we want loads of King Davids walking about. That's not because we want a bunch of teenagers knocking out tall people with slingshots. <laughs> no, we don't want that, no. <laughs> but we want big thinkers. We want extremely faithful people. We want people that are confident in their faith. We want people that are confident in the ability that God has given them and the ability in themselves. So we want a bunch of King Davids that are going to go around and be amazing people. So what is the point of taking the youth out? <clears throat> we deliver, or we try to deliver, a focused, simple to understand and enjoyable experience. We don't want the guys to be bored, but we do try to stick to certain rules, which is on the screen at the moment. Always respect each other and the youth leaders. Never interrupt a member of the group. Never make somebody feel bad for speaking out. And four, the most important one, we're here to help build each other, and that should be kept at the forefront of all discussions. That's the whole point we are in that room instead of in here. We want these guys to be confident in everything they do. We want them to be confident in God. We want, to be able to, sorry, we want them to be able to talk to us and each other. And, you know, maybe have the courage to talk to their friends in the future if they want to. But we're here, there to help build each other. So, I've got to wrap it up now, I think. In summary, yes. If you have a goal, you need to give it a go. It's important to have a go. If you pray on it, you ask God for the vision, the guidance. You put in the work, it should work. However, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. If anything, you're opening yourself up to frustrations and stresses and challenges. But that's all part of it, isn't it? That's all part of uh, achieving the goal. If you don't give it a go, you don't ask God for the guidance and the vision, don't put in the work, goal's never going to happen. We started the youth this, uh, sorry, a year and a half ago with one member of youth. We now regularly have seven. Indeed, amen. However, we want more than that. We want to take more to New Day. We want to keep growing and growing and growing. And that's the goal. And that's the work we've got to put in. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. I love Rob's, Rob and Eleanor's. Have a go. How can you, you stand there and you look and you see one, one youth and think, I want to give this a go. And then to stand 18 months later with a multiplication of, you know, seven added, you know, six other people added. It's incredible. And a testimony to, to the goodness and the faithfulness of God and their obedience to have a go. And I believe God wants to speak to us this morning. Every single one of us. About having a go. So appreciate that Rob. Thank you. And uh, want to just encourage everybody in this room. When you, when you think of them. Pray for them. Rob and Ellen are in their youth. They're doing a great work. And God is moving among them. But they also need our prayers. Amen. When Ben and I uh, sort of 
we're speaking about these culture this culture series uh, Ben came and, and asked what do I think I love it I think it's great it's so important and it's it's not it's not just something that we think is a good idea it's something that we want to become a part of us creating good cultures and this one we're looking at today is the have a go culture and it means to go on an adventure so just stop and think for a moment and ask yourself this question. Where do I stand on the have-a-go culture? Today, where do you stand on that have-a-go culture? Are you the type of person to give things a go? Or are you the type of person just to let everybody else have a go? It's for everybody to answer that this morning. And there'll be different levels of that have a go. I'm not talking about having a go and going to plant a church or anything like that. There's so many different things that God is speaking to us about this morning about having a go. And we'll get into that. And I believe God wants to continue to move. It's been so great the worship, the words, the pictures this morning. And the presence of the Lord is here. We're going to look at a story in the Bible, uh, in the book of 1 Samuel. It starts in chapter 13. And uh, we don't have a massive amount of time to read both 13 and 14. So I'm going to sort of summarise uh, 13, and then we'll jump into 14. So at this point in history, uh, God's people, Israel, were stuck, and they were at, w- at war with the Philistines, and they were losing. Uh, and the people were hiding in holes and caves and cisterns. King Saul had been rejected by God for dis- disobeying a direct command. And the Israelites were outnumbered, and unarmed. Only King Saul and his son Jonathan were allowed to have swords. Everybody else had to go to the Philistines to have even their farm equipment sharpened and repaired. So really, the, the Israelites were stuck. And Jonathan looked at it from a different angle. He wanted to go on an adventure. So in 1 Samuel 14, we're going to read uh, from verse 1 to verse 23. I'm going to read it. I, I've, I'm sorry, I picked up my NLT version this morning and I didn't put it on because I wasn't going to read all of it, but I think it's important to read it all. So you might have an ESV, you might have a different version, but you can follow, you get the idea. One day, Jonathan said to the young man who carries his armour, Come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gibehay, around the pomegranate tree at Migron. Among Saul's men were lots of different guys there, and, but no one had realised that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. 
To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go, uh, go down between two rocky cliffs, and they were called uh, Bozes and Sinahe. The cliff on the north was in front of Mishmash. I love that. <laughs> and the one on the south was in front of Geba. Let's go across to see those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle, whether he has many warriors or only a few. Well, do what you think is best, the youth replied. I'm completely with you, whatever you decide. All right then, Jonathan told him. We will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we will kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign and he will help us defeat them. When the Philistines saw that they were coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then they shouted to Jonathan, come on up here. We will teach you a lesson. Come on, climb up right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and uh, the Philistines fell back as Jonathan and his armor armor bearer killed them right and left. They killed about 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. Suddenly panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and raiding parties. And, then, and just then an earthquake struck and everyone was terrified. Saul looks out in Gibehay and, and saw a strange sight. The vast army of the Philistines began to melt away in every direction. Find out who isn't here, Saul ordered. And when they checked, they found that Jonathan and his armor bearer were gone. Then Saul shouted to Ahijah, come, uh, bring the ephod here. For at that time, Ahijah was wearing the ephod in front of the Israelites. But while Saul was talking to the priest and shouting and in confusion, sorry, but while Saul was talking to the priest, the shouting and confusion in the Philistine camp grew even louder and louder. But Saul said, never mind, let's get going. Then Saul and his 600 men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. There was terrible confusion everywhere. Even the Hebrews who had gone over to the Philistine army revolted and joined in with Saul, Jonathan and the rest of the Israelites. Likewise, the men who were hiding in the hills joined the chase when they saw the Philistines running away. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle continued to rage even out beyond Bethaven. God moved because Jonathan had a go. Jonathan didn't ask for permission from his father to go. He said to his armor bearer, let's go. Let's go and see what happens. He went on an adventure. Now, I'm not saying that if you want to do big things for God, that you just go out and do them. Sometimes we need to seek wisdom. We need to just check things are okay. 
before we do. But maybe that inertia that Jonathan had would have, would have ceased if, if he'd have had to stop and kind of chat and make a plan. But he had a go. And for, for Jonathan, it was, a, it was a small step. Let's go. We're going to get things moving here. Everything looked lost. Do you feel stuck sometimes? I know I do. In life, we can get stuck, stuck in a little rut. And we just need to take one step to move. Have a go at something. Start off small before we try and do massive, great, big things. Jonathan and the armor bearer had no idea whether God was going to do anything or not. They just went. It says in verse 6, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on now, let's go across to these uncircumcised pagans. Maybe, maybe God will work for us. We are not 100% sure. There's no rule that, God, that says God can only deliver by using a big army. No one can stop God from saving when he sets his mind to it. There was a chance that God might do it. He didn't know. But he was willing to have a go. And that is the very heart of that have a go culture. Be willing to have a go. If you look in the book of Acts, the apostles, when they went out, spreading Christianity throughout the known, the known world, they went out empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the apostles preached the gospel, started churches in small places and throughout the whole of the Mediterranean region. But they didn't see the same level of success Everywhere they went. Nor were some of these things planned to the same degree of detail. In some places God clearly spoke to them. Told them where they should go, what they should do. Implement some strategic plan. And other times they just responded to opportunities in front of them. Uh, Rob mentioned it already, Matthew 28, we know it well. Where we go and make disciples. We're called to go to the ends of the earth to make disciples. Are you ready to take a shot at whatever opportunities come your way? Knowing that sometimes they might not work out. And other times they will. I know in my life, uh, the prophetic is a very important part of, of moving in God's plans. But you don't always need to wait for a prophetic word to have a go. Prophetic words and plans are great. 
and we need them. But there are other times in the smaller things where we can step out in faith and have a go and see whether God is in it or not. And this is a challenge to me as well this morning. It's important to pray when you go. Just throw up a prayer. Lord, be with us. And you need to continue to pray as you go. To discern whether God's in it or not early on. Because the last thing you want to do is keep going and keep going and God's not in it. And we can see that in Samuel. Jonathan suggests a little little something here in verses uh, 8 and 10. He says, Jonathan says, here's what we'll do. We'll cross over the pass and let the men see we're there. If they say halt, don't move until we check you out. We'll stay put and not go up. But if they say, come on up, we'll go right up and we'll know that God has given them to us. And that will be our sign. And God gave them that sign. They said, come on up. I wonder what that did for, for Jonathan and the armor bearer's faith that day. Having a go does not mean that you lack faith. There are times in my Christian walk where I've just had a go. In fact, having a go is really what I'm about. Having a go at something, giving it a go. But it doesn't mean that you've got a lack of faith. God's made promises to us regarding our futures and we can hold on to those promises with absolute certainty. And that brings us a freedom and a confidence in God. That whether or not these things do or do not work out, it's all good. Interesting when we look at Jesus. We want to get on to Jesus because Jesus is uh, our everything. So Jesus kicks off his ministry And he does lots of signs and wonders. Healings, we've spoken about it already. Healings, turning water into wine, casting out demons. And then he calls the twelve and he trains them up. And he shows them about the sure and certain things of God and also have a go. And we know that Jesus commissioned the disciples to cast out demons, heal the sick, to preach the kingdom of God. And he says this in Luke chapter 10, verses 6 and 7. And if the son of peace is here, your peace will rest upon them. But if not, it will return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. So Jesus is saying, if if you are received and have peace, stay there. Don't move on. 
And then on the other hand, just a little bit further down in, in uh, verses 10 and 11. But whenever you enter into a town and they do not receive you, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet will wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. So if it's not working out, it's okay. God is faithful and God is true and the promises that he has spoken over your life are yes and amen. But have a go. I find that when we have a go, we learn a lot about ourselves and we can learn a lot about faith. We can develop close friendships along the way. And I think it's an adventure when you step out and have a go. Just like Rob spoke about. I'm pretty sure he's been on an adventure over the last 12 to 18 months with the youth. We see in the story, as Jonathan went, God was with him. And then... Saul sees what's going on and joins them and the Philistines were defeated. He had a go. Jonathan and his armour bearer, they killed 20 people. And in that moment, everything changed. I had a real uh, good prayer time yesterday for about an hour and a bit with the Lord, just about today. And um, this scripture, there was a couple of things that really kind of stuck out to me. And one of them was that they, these guys, the Israelites were hiding in holes and caves. And I believe that God is saying to us, some of us, we need to step out of those holes, step out of those hiding places that we're in and have a go. God is calling us, calling you to have a go. Your life might not be mapped out. You might not be able to see it, but God does. He knows. And when we're talking about having a go, we're talking about stepping out, offering to serve is having a go. Offering to come and set up, lay out chairs. When I first started at, um, when I went to Bible college, we had work parties. And I mean, we start that we started there, cleaning toilets, washing windows. Those were the first kind of things that we learned at Bible college. We had a go, and God develops your your faith and your walk. You go deeper with Him. So, what is God saying to you this morning about having a go? 
I can't answer that. Only you can. 